The Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast is a service of Flash's O-Fun Photography. High school juniors and seniors-to-be become a Flash's O-Fun ambassador. Your chance to win cash, a free senior photo session, and become an Instagram star and a star of the flashesofun.com website. Information available at flashesofun.com. Kurtz Brothers Mulch and Soil saves you 38% on bulk mulch purchases at their four central Ohio locations. Order in person or via kbcolumbus.com using the promo code KBCARES. Your 38% savings will be given to you in a Visa gift card, which you can use to support small businesses in the state of Ohio. on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Uh, if I know um, Justin Fields, mm-hmm. I'm sure they're organizing on themselves. And Justin hopefully is taking a lead where he's actually allowed to touch a football and somebody else is allowed to touch a ball without fear of dying. Are we sure about that? We are not sure about that. Well, I'm not sure about anything now. I drove past a... I don't want to get him in trouble. So a popular outdoor restaurant where they have Uh-oh. beach volleyball. Uh-oh. And they were actually go. playing volleyball last masks? night. Masks? Maybe masks? No. Social distancing? No. So uh, I was <laughs> thinking of some nice Ohioans there celebrating their freedom by touching the same ball and participating. They were sharing equipment. Team sport. They sharing sharing equipment. equipment in the uh, view yeah, of the but, Madison County Health Department. I think my daughter's soccer team, good morning everybody, June 15th oh, edition. Use a ball now? I or? think now they can pass the ball back and forth. I think. I think we've progressed to phase two. At soccer, what else are you going to do besides I pass and kick run, it at the goal? jump, I don't know. Uh, but we have all kinds of COVID precautions and the like and the fallout and the mixture of American freedom and protests and everything mm-hmm. to talk about as they intersect with sports today on a We Tackle Life podcast. Uh, how was your weekend? I watched golf yesterday. Um, I didn't watch hardly any TV. What I've done is um, getting ready to take off for a week. I will not be part of the podcast. Are you just going to do it by yourself? I'm going to do it with some uh, guests. Yes, yes. Wow. next week. Lining what are you going to do, Wally Pitt me? No, no. Remember, I thought. What's the number know, one rule? This is a really it's a bigger show when you're here. <laughs> Spielman and Hooley, we tackle live podcast. Without Who's coming Spielman. on? Well, I I want to confirm first. Okay, but um, here's this funny suggestion my family made. They yeah. said, you know, people are used to you and Chris, and so you should get Chris to tape some things ahead. And I said That's that would require that would require Chris to stick around longer than he normally does. Uh, hooligans, it's probably not going to happen. I said, how long have you known Chris? <laughs> I got things to do, man. Yes, exactly. So now we will have uh, guests, and That's cool. we'll see. We may do long form interviews. We may do you know guests talking about current events because thankfully we're getting back to the point where we might have some current events. Uh, MLB. Supposedly today, Major League Baseball is going to say what they're going to do, and then the players will react to that. A 50-game regular season? And then I thought we'd have, which you you think is 50 too many, (laughs) given your... (laughs) Can't we just get to the World Series? Somewhere between disdain and indifference for baseball. (laughs) That's true. Um, 
maybe what if they shortened the games to six innings like Little League? Would you be a better game in your view? Anything save shortened. pitchers' arms, get yeah, better financial. Uh, I thought we were all ready to go on NBA basketball until uh, your guy Kyrie Irving uh, weighed in and said that say? the uh, system is designed to divide us, that only 20 guys in the league are really going to get paid. So I looked this up. The 40th highest paid player in the NBA is paid $26 million a year. The 40th highest. The 40th highest. He's number 40 on the list. Okay. Makes $26 million a year. That's LaMarcus Aldridge. The 80th highest paid player in the NBA, and I don't remember his name, makes $15 million a year. The 160th highest paid player in the NBA makes seven million dollars a year what's Kyrie, he talking about Kyrie is still in his 20s he has made over a hundred million dollars in career earnings and this year is being paid 32 million dollars what's he talking about I don't know. he's he's Kyrie Irving Mr. Flat Earth okay he doesn't so. want to be quarantined in Orlando so he held a conference call Friday with 80 NBA players and basically said this is a bad deal we shouldn't do it he wants to focus his efforts on Social justice and having a voice and his fear, I guess, and many, I guess other NBA players share this fear, is that if they're in Orlando, quarantined, playing basketball, mm-hmm. and the NBA talks about a bubble because they want to put everybody COVID-free in this bubble, keep them in Orlando, test them every day. If nobody in the bubble has the virus, presumably nobody in the bubble can get the virus, mm-hmm. although I don't know what they're going to do with hotel maids and all that kind of stuff. But... Uh, the, he says, no, no, we want to, if, if we're there, we're going to be silenced. We won't be able to be a part of the national conversation. Why would the no the press be there? Or? I, I, I don't understand that myself. I'm Kyrie. You're asking me to explain Kyrie when so I can't So he's asking, he's making decisions. He does not want to do it. He's not want to play. Then don't go. Yeah. Then retire and become a social justice warrior. You, per, you have that right. Got the money to do and, it. And if you feel, and that's your responsibility and that's your calling, then go for that. But do not deny other people the right to earn money or to play if they want to play. If that's the system and, and the way the rules are set up and that the uh, the organization, the NBA and the Players Association agree to those terms, and you got to go and play. If you don't want to go and play, don't get paid and go be a social justice warrior, which is your right to do. Now, Simple. Speaking of uh, having rights, uh, many people are offended now that Joey Kaufman of the Columbus Dispatch has obtained the two-page waiver that Ohio State players uh, were required, I don't want to say forced, but they were required to sign a waiver um, if they wanted to come and be part of voluntary workouts for football. Uh, this is being roundly criticized uh, throughout the country that Ohio State would dare uh, require its players to sign a waiver, and Gene Smith says... Is it a waiver for COVID only? Um, Well, let's just get you the ESPN story here that uh, has the Gene Smith comments in them. Uh, it's a, a document Gene Smith calls the Buckeye Pledge. Okay. So it is not a... He says it is not a binding legal contract. Uh, here is what it says. It asks the players to help stop the spread of COVID-19 and accept, quote, I may be exposed to COVID-19 and other infections by signing the two-page electronic pledge. 
Players agree to testing and potential self-quarantining, monitoring for symptoms, reporting any potential exposure in a timely manner, and to practice the CDC prevention guidelines, such as wearing a mask and practicing social distancing. So now you know why all the players are showing up for workouts at the facility with masks on. Mm -hmm. It's because they've signed a waiver saying they will uh, do that. Uh, Now, the waiver also says, any failure to comply with my Buckeye pledge may lead to immediate removal of athletic participation privileges, not my scholarship, and or the inability to use athletics facilities. So you have to agree to this if you want to work out with the Mm -hmm. team. And if you want to play, you have to work out with the team. Just ask Matt Christopher about that. Yeah. Remember Matt Christopher? Linebacker from Matt Christopher, name out of the past. Matt Christopher was a tipping point. In the history of Ohio State football, nobody remembers his name. Matt Christopher was penciled 36 in. from yeah. Lake High School. He was penciled in as the starting middle linebacker in the John Cooper era. Matt Christopher made the decision to stay home in the summertime and work a job like you probably did. Right, but um, we didn't have the luxury of being But, here. yeah, so uh, he did not attend summer workouts, voluntary summer workouts, and Coop made no bones about it, dropped him to – third team or fourth team on a depth chart and uh, elevated Lorenzo Styles, uh, Matt Christopher never to be heard from again. Well, Lorenzo ended up Lorenzo, being a pretty good, very player. good player. I'm just saying, yeah. you know, if you're on the inside lane, don't give up your spot. Uh, and you would be giving up your spot if you chose not to come for voluntary work. I don't know how I feel about this. Give me a second. I okay. I, I want to ca- capture and digest let me just say, what while, you say. While you're thinking of this, let me say Unbeknownst to uh, the Hooley family, uh, we signed a waiver to do pretty much the same thing. Whatever they agreed that we would uh, do, we we agreed to do it so our daughter could attend soccer conditioning. Now, she's not required to wear a mask, but, you know, we'll report fluctuations in temperature, symptoms, things like that. Uh, I know of other people, friends of mine, whose uh, children are playing baseball, Mm-hmm. They've signed a waiver. Uh, I think the waivers are pretty common. Will they hold up in court? I don't know. Uh, we have people sign a waiver when they come here to ride our horse. I don't know if that is hold don't up. You in sign court. a waiver if you're a guest at a gym like a Planet Fitness. Yeah, or... sure, sure you do. Mm-hmm. So this is where we are. And I, and Gene Smith, I'm not, I'm not going to put the blame on Gene. He says he got this information, and this may be a this may be a learning moment. Spence. Okay. I'm all up for Gene says he got this idea from the athletic director at Indiana. Now, I could have cautioned him about taking any kind of counsel from anybody from Bloomington, Indiana. But, no, I just digress with my Hoosier hatred. Um, Yeah, so he says they talked about it on the Big Ten call. Best practices. Mm. Have him sign a waiver. But if it's not legally binding... It doesn't matter. Sign it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, I guess, let's say Justin Fields is fearful of the coronavirus, more cautious mm-hmm. about the coronavirus. And Josh Myers, his center, is not. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be a problem if you're going to execute a center snap at any point in time, not a shotgun snap. So Josh Myers may have to agree to wear a mask so that they preserve Justin Fields' peace of mind. So I get why they haven't signed the waiver. I understand where Gene is coming from. Um, I also understand... I. Thinking about this while you were talking, I would think that, you know, it's your responsibility if you go there and you have a fever, you know, to remove yourself. They're all being tested. Yeah. They have to be tested. They agree to be tested. And you have, but you have to remove yourself from the situation because of the um, 
the ability to spread this, and it supposedly spreads easily. We don't know everything. We learn more and more each day. Uh, I think that, you know, if you want to play, and your name is not Justin Fields, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to do what they ask you to do. Like Justin Fields can say, I'm not signing a waiver, and I'm going to go home and work out. Doesn't mean that Justin Fields won't be your starting quarterback. No, he here. would not get the Matt Christopher treatment. Because talent trumps all, as we know. Yes, it does. And so, all the great Spielman sayings of all time. Talent so, trumps baggage. <laughs> and it does. So, I, I don't, I, you know, if I were in Gene's position, honestly, I'd probably do the same thing because sure. the university needs to be protected in some way, somehow. I would imagine. Well, maybe not, not? maybe not now with this fallout. Not when I was Jesus, say, it's non-legal. It's a non-legal I, document. I was going to say, I bet they have students sign this kind of a thing. Or oh. professors or I'll everybody. See. Maybe not. Here's Gene uh, to Heather Dinich of ESPN. That's why we call it a pledge. We don't look at that as a legal document. It's a Buckeye pledge. Allow us to help you so that if we face a situation, our trainers, our strength coaches, our coaches, or any athletic administrator sees a student-athlete not wearing a mask or not social distancing, we can say, hey, you made a commitment, you signed a pledge, your parents signed a pledge, your parents are part of this. Mm. So it's a way to call them to accountability, which you know would be, be like a little bothersome, but whatever. Well, I think there's, you know, concessions have to be made, and I don't know how long this is going to go on, because obviously you cannot run a football team or football program as was so eloquently pointed out by John Harbaugh, head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, that this is impossible to do. And so you can do it during workouts. You can spread people out. You can have them take their sandwiches home and shower at home and all that. But eventually, you got to come together as a team. And so uh, I get what they're doing now. Maybe this is phase one or phase two of something. Maybe they enter into a different phase when they actually are allowed to touch the same ball, which is, Utterly ridiculous. Rubber glove time, maybe. Uh, maybe everybody will be but, wearing but gloves. But I suppose it goes, and what if it goes to the gloves? I don't know. Who knows? I know that eventually you got to start living life and choosing to live life. And Yes, you do. You know, uh, my daughter, one of my daughters had her, had her wisdom teeth pulled and wasn't feeling well, took her temperature. She had a temperature of uh, 100, so quarantined her. Did you? And she broke the temperature yesterday, so for, she only had it for a day, but. She had her wisdom teeth pulled, but I guess, you know, that's just taking, you know, it goes back to my rule of being aware, be smart, be responsible. And I think that's just a responsibility if you do get sick and you have access to treatment, um, then then, uh, you uh, take advantage of that and be responsible and taking care of your teammates. You don't want to be sick and be in there spreading everything around, whether it's COVID or whether it's the flu or whatever the case may be. So... I don't have a problem necessarily with that. I think where Ohio State and most organizations are concerned and businesses is that, you know, when you when you go back to work or you do open up and you do contact COVID, that you don't sue your business. There has to be some type of protection. Like, who in the world would sue Ohio State? <laughs> who in the world would do that? Who would have the temerity to do that? By the way... You're welcome, yeah. college athletes. Yeah, all these guys. Millions these of college Ron, athletes. All, all the Ron DeSantis uh, uh, legislation yes, in Florida and everywhere You're welcome, else everybody. Came out of your uh, legal action against IMG. Which, I'm by one way, of the is that still going on? No. IMG thing? Well, You're all so. done with it? Yeah. Everything? Yeah. Well, that's breaking news. You didn't share that little detail with I me. I didn't? No, you didn't. 
Good. Yeah. Fantastic. All done. No more court. No. Okay, no great. More court. Fantastic. Shall I read uh, yeah. I read an email here from sure. uh, Jim? Spielman Hooley Podcast at gmail.com. That is the email address that you send your nominations for COVID-19 relief. I will share with you some of the joyous responses we received nice. in the aftermath of Friday's four winners, $250 each. We're nearing the $15,000 mark. Um, and so this is from Jim in Mason, Ohio. I really enjoy your podcast and listen to it while taking my gratitude walks. I agree and support your positions on the world events, faith, and sports. I recently bought some Hemisphere coffee. Love it. And received a handwritten thank you note from Andy, which meant a lot. I wanted to share how I became a listener to the show. A friend of mine sent me the episode where Chris talked about his friend Joe Dumas. I met Joe a few years ago at our mutual friend's house in Arizona. I'm not sure if Joe remembers the conversation or not, but we shared our experiences with alcohol and new lives of sobriety. I'm very humbled to say I will be five years sober on June the 20th. Fantastic. As I continued to listen to the podcast, it felt like I was hanging out with a couple of friends who share the same interests and enjoy talking about them. I want to thank you for being sincere up front and not afraid to discuss difficult topics. Finally, Chris, don't let Bruce continue to question you with your Bible verses. Yes, you thank do, you. You do a great job. Yes, <laughs> of course I do. Yes. He says, thanks to both of you for being an inspiration and a bright light in our world today. Well, you're welcome. Yes, thank you, Jim. That's so funny. So well, he gets, funny. he's a two-time state champion, so he thinks oh, he has Oh, it's authority. been a while since that made an appearance on the podcast. Uh, this is from Kevin, who uh, nominated his wife, uh, Patty. Yeah, I remember that. And Patty owns a daycare in Clarkston, Michigan. Okay. Business for 20 years. But, of mm. course, that was uh, compromised in a big way by what happened with COVID. And Kevin won, and he says, Wow. We are absolutely speechless. This is a blessing. Thank you is not enough to say. And he gave the information so that your lovely wife, Carrie, can get her, get him yeah. uh, and, the, and the wife uh, the $250. Nice. And it's fun to receive those emails. And it would be fun, wouldn't it, to make a phone call that you nominated a friend for $250 yeah. in COVID-19 relief. So do that. Podcast at gmail.com. Jim, who called me to account on the Bible verse citations, was uh, on the money with his opinion of Hemisphere Coffee. Mr. Spielman had one cup or two this morning. Just one house blend. Just one. Yeah. So get your Hemisphere Coffee. Here's the sign behind me. If you're watching on YouTube, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Andy, uh, who is in uh, at Hemisphere with Paul and Grace, uh, will, in all likelihood, send you a handwritten note and thank you. Note you're a Spielman and Hooley listener. You can either take your 15% discount with the promo code We Tackle Life or donate it back to COVID-19 Relief, which they're going to make another $200 contribution to that. Nice. Saturday, I had the chance to meet a gentleman from, um, he's a missionary in Ecuador. He and his son came out here to ride the horse. Yeah, how'd that go? Went well, and uh, Dion is, uh, I told you, he's a coffee guy. He's lining up coffee from Ecuador, so... Hemisphere now has coffee from I like that. Uh, direct from growers in Nicaragua, Thailand, and Indonesia. They're going to be adding Ecuador very soon. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so there you go. That's what's going on with all that. Uh, we have protests all over the nation. Uh, we have an unfortunate uh, result to a confrontation. Extremely unfortunate. A young man lost his life, 27-year-old Richard Brooks in Atlanta, um, arrested for falling asleep in the drive through lane at a Wendy's. Um, Looked like a normal field sobriety test, normal arrest. He struggled when they tried to put handcuffs on him. He took a taser off a cop, uh, pointed the taser at the cop as he was running away. He was mm. shot and killed. And so when we had a Wendy's burned out and riots and 
boy, just uh, horribly, uh, horribly unforeseen. I want to applaud Herschel Walker, uh, who took to Twitter this morning to say, essentially, just to voice a plea, we got to figure this out. We got to figure this out, and we need black leaders and white leaders to come together. And I'm mm-hmm. volunteering myself to be one of the black leaders coming together. I want to applaud Benjamin Watson, who's a man of faith in the NFL. Benjamin Watson um, led a rally yesterday on Boston Commons. They had over a thousand people out there praying. The attendees included Jawan Bentley, Patriots linebacker. Uh, ben Watson says they want to bring change through humility and peace. Here's Ben Watson talking to a local television reporter in Boston. But what's always needed is a spiritual change. That's, that's, that's at the heart of everything. Racism is sin. So the idea was to get believers to come together, believers, non-believers, people of goodwill to come together for a chance to pray and see God's face. He's right about that. Yeah. Racism is sin. It absolutely is sin. Yeah. I, um, well, I think that I think they're exactly dead on. Herschel Walker and Ben Watson are big enough nationally to be able to pull that off. I mean, Herschel... Herschel has done a lot of things in his life, and if uh, people listen to Herschel Walker, Ben Watson not only is, is big on racial justice, but if you know what Ben Watson's most known for outside of being a tight end is Ben Watson's a huge advocate of pro-life. And so Ben Watson's not afraid to, afraid to speak his mind. And so, yeah, anytime somebody loses their life in a confrontation, it's it doesn't work, but... You know, bad things are only going to happen if you steal a taser off of a police officer. Bad things are going to happen, and it's a shame that they do. You know? Yeah, there's a series of bad decisions there. Getting drunk. Uh, he said he was celebrating his daughter's eight, eighth birthday. I'm not con- I'm not condemning him, but they're just a series of bad decisions. You yeah. know, resisting arrest, taking the taser, pointing the taser at the cop. I mean, I wonder uh, if there's yeah. like uh, different types of uh, non-lethal force that can be used rubber bullets or yeah i don't know i i the one thing is i watch it and the thing about it is you're you're in that moment you know cops are not robots mm-hmm. when you're fighting a cop their adrenaline kicks in sure you know their adrenaline and they're in a culture and we can certainly debate the propriety of the culture that they're in but they're in mm-hmm. a culture where they're their law and order and they're used to you know they tell people what to do and people do it. And when people don't do it, like, you know, when people don't get back when they're told to get back or whatever, no. nothing good comes of that. No. And so um, my thought was watching the video was, could they have run this guy down if he hadn't taken the taser? Mm-hmm. You know, they probably run him down and try to tackle him. But it happened and we deal with, um, we deal with the fallout. Yeah, so I think it's the training uh, extremely that- sad. I think the training that's going to come, or again, if I, I'm offering my free advice, one thing I would look at is a way of non-lethal force. I know they have the tasers, but the problem is that's a one-shot thing, and, and then it's connected to the tasers. Yeah, there, I don't know what the range on that is. is there, I have no idea. Is there a different way uh, besides using uh, live bullets? I don't know. I mean, that would be something that if we're talking about reforming police officers and mm-hmm. training and stuff, maybe there's a different way to confront bad actors uh, in a non-lethal way, I would think would be wise to look at and examine and study if you want to make reform happen within police departments. Uh, If you need a law firm, 
Willis Spangler Starling and Hilliard is the law firm for you. People of extreme high integrity, character, and very talented attorneys that can handle any case that you have, any need, uh, formulation of a legal contract, workers' compensation, social security, disability, wills, state planning, personal injury, employment law. They have uh, attorneys who specialize in each. You will meet with the attorney, not with uh, a gatekeeper when you go. Willis Spangler Starling, very easy to deal with, and uh, I know many of them, and they're very good people. So look for them online at willisattorneys.com, willisattorneys.com. They're on Truman Boulevard, uh, very close to uh, Tuttle Crossing, so easy to find. Willisattorneys.com. All right, to the um, – first I want to ask, did you watch the country music – No. Doc- <laughs> Come on now. Documentary uh, by Ken Burns, the multi – multi-edition country music documentary by Ken Burns, the famed documentarian who did the Civil War. He did Major League Baseball. You didn't watch the country music one? Extremely interesting. Anyway. I Anyway. Okay. I thought you might have watched it. Why would I watch that? Well, because it's interesting. And you're a well-rounded individual. I am, I am interested in documentaries. I think you would like it. At any rate, one of the people cited, uh, quoted on camera pretty often in that documentary uh, Catherine Williams Dunning, the granddaughter of Hank Williams Sr., the daughter of Hank Williams Jr., mm-hmm. died Saturday in a car accident, single vehicle car accident in Tennessee. Uh, she was driving an SUV with her husband in the car, towing a boat. They went across the median, flipped over, and wow. she died. It's very sad. She was uh, she was very insightful in the documentary. And so it just adds to the sadness of that family. Hank, Hank Sr. died before he was 30. Oh really? Uh, yeah, and I Hank uh, Jr. has had you know many struggles with had a horrendous accident. That's why he wears the dark glasses. Um, and then he's had you know multiple uh, substance abuse problems. So mm-hmm. I just thought people, many people, unlike yourself, might have watched the Ken Burns <laughs> country music documentary and might say, "Oh yeah, I remember her. She's a very nice, articulate, attractive young woman." Uh, sadly, she's passed away at the age of twenty-seven. Um, Young. Let me quickly, uh, I think this was Ohio State Hoops Insider this morning on Twitter, okay. put up a question that I thought was interesting. Said, pick your point guard. You can have any point guard you want from this group. Mike Conley, Aaron Kraft, um, D'Angelo done. Russell, or Scooney Penn? I'm done. Mike Conley. I said Mike Conley <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except... Man, Schoon's a favorite. Well, here's the thing. Schoon's such a leader. But Conley was a leader. Schoonie. I'm going to take Schoonie. I'm going to take Schoonie. Okay. I, I I have no problem well, with Well, you it. can't go wrong with either one of those guys. All those guys. So just because you have the flavor that you like, and my yeah. flavor happens to be Mike Conley, doesn't take away the greatness of all the other guys. Or that I, I had a coach tell me that once. One of the biggest lessons I learned in my life was, hey, um, I don't know why I was. we were having this conversation. He says, here's something you have to understand about talent. Just because somebody else is really, really talented or mm-hmm. really good doesn't make you any better or any worse. That's right. And when I look at those guys, why why I chose Mike Conley, as soon as you said Mike Conley, you knew. You, I mean, you knew yeah. where I was going to go with yeah. that because. Sure. <laughs> with I, good reason. I, I just think he was just awesome and unbelievable freshman year. It took himself that was playing for a state championship with Greg Oden in the fall a year later he's a lottery pick in the NBA yep. nobody saw that coming nope. nobody saw that coming and so I was always a 
big fan of Mike Conley. Scooney Penn, um, as far as leadership and mental toughness, mm. he's the guy. He is the leader of that group. You talk about hard work and grit and maybe the best defensive player I ever watched in college basketball and I thought could have been, if he wanted to be, a great strong safety mm-hmm. in the NFL is in yes, Aaron Kraft. Uh, and who was he? Uh, D'Angelo. D'Angelo is a distant fourth in that race for me. Uh, yeah, nice yeah, player. I, I don't, but that's, Smooth. <laughs> he's, he's a good player. Good player, but I mean, he was only here, if he'd have been here two years, yeah. like, that's the thing, if you want to, if you want to split hairs and you can make the argument however you want you get craft for four years you get scooney for two and you get the other two guys yeah. for a year each yeah but i, I look at d'angelo and I, he's extremely talented and he's a great player and everybody would love to have d'angelo russell as their point guard but the difference for me between mike conley and aaron craft and scooney penn you put those three they all had something that was special mm-hmm I don't even know what was special about Mike Conley. All I know that Quick. was special about Mike Leader. Conley, just that when he had the ball in his hands, I felt good. Mike I, Conley was like a great conductor. You know, a conductor in front of an orchestra, you think, well, you know, is that guy really doing that much? I mean, everybody else is playing the instruments. Mike Conley controlled a basketball game. He controlled it defensively, and he controlled it offensively. So by that statement alone, we're saying that Mike Conley was the best point guard in Ohio State history. No, because I'm taking – I like Scooney. I'm not saying he's the best in Ohio State history. You're letting, I will you're say letting this. your personal I am. feelings yes, get I am. in the way. I am. I'm fake news. You can't I, let your personal I'm a member of the media. Out. I don't have to be objective. <laughs> so uh, – <laughs> Are you – Are you, did you rejoin the ilk? No. Here's the thing. I watched Scooney as a – the year he redshirted, take a ragtag bunch of walk-ons and beat the starters. Now, granted, there were starters who lost 18 consecutive games yeah, in the Big Ten. Yeah, they were very good, Dad. But Scooney willed teams to win. I saw him will Ohio State to a win uh, at Madison Square Garden against St. John's where they scored the last 11 points of the game. He had mm-hmm. a terrible game, but in the last two minutes, he won the game. Scooney, just his leadership, and to be, he brought Ohio State basketball back. He and yeah. Michael Red brought Ohio State basketball back. And so I have a soft spot for him, you know, and Mike Conley, I have a soft spot for him too. Mike Conley had like the greatest two weeks of any Ohio State point guard ever because he went from like, hey, that Conley's a really nice player, boy. Where do you see him next year? And then he just blew up at the regionals yeah, and blew up against Xavier and in the final four. And I still maintain if he hadn't gotten in foul trouble against Florida, Ohio State wins that game. Yeah, Thanks, yeah. Ted Valentine. <laughs> you still? Uh, <laughs> yes, I remember it. Yes, you do. I remember Was it very it, well. Um, was he showboating his calls? Of course. Was he's he TV flam- Ted Valentine. flamboyant? Yes, Did he know the course. camera was on? Oh, of course. A couple skips down the sidelines. Ted had theatrics. Yes, he did, for sure. All right, to the NFL, Mr. Speaker. Your specialty. Here we go. I told you the other day when we were talking about can football unify us in the fall, and by the way, I'd be honored if you'd go to PressProsMagazine.com, my new writing home. Uh, besides com and uh, read my column published Sunday, Can Football Unite Us? I say no because I think we're seeing a flip in the receptivity to national anthem protests. When Roger Goodell comes out and makes a statement that without mentioning Colin Kaepernick, affirm Colin Kaepernick, I think you're going to see a lot of people kneel, and we're starting to hear 
as NFL players weigh in, mm-hmm. more of them are open to this. J.J. Watt did not say he's going to kneel, but he certainly intimated he's going well, to kneel. Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien his yeah. coach, said he – and Bill O'Brien sounds like he's, you know – Right all all in on the Black Lives Matter movement. He says black people have not been treated fairly in this country for 400 years. He's absolutely going to kneel. And uh, for our purposes and for the listenership of our podcast purposes, the headliner is Baker Mayfield, Brown's quarterback, says he is, quote, absolutely going to kneel. Mm -hmm. Says he does not care if he loses fans over it. So Baker Mayfield's going to kneel. Well, as I've stated from the ever since this took place with Colin Kaepernick. That's his First Amendment right, as it is everybody's First Amendment right to kneel. Uh, I do believe uh, that uh, Baker Mayfield or Bill O'Brien or whoever else chooses to kneel, um, Eric Kendricks or Anthony Barr with Minnesota, that they're not protesting the soldiers or, or the flag that says they're protesting what they think and what they've experienced in their life and uh, the mistreatment of African-Americans, as Bill O'Brien said, over 400 years. If they want to bring attention to that, then they absolutely have the right to do that. And your father, my grandfather, many others fought for that right Mm -hmm. to do that. Uh, It's our right. It's my right. Well, I see it a different way. Uh, as opposed to when a national anthem plays. When I'm in a booth, assuming I will be in a booth doing a game this year, national anthem plays, I'm standing because I'm celebrating the people that fought for the uh, ability to choose whether to stand or kneel. As far as kneeling, I get it. I understand it. If you want to do it, go for it. I'll kneel to one thing. I'll kneel to God. I'm not kneeling to anybody else. I'm kneeling to God. Uh, that's what I kneel to. I kneel to. I kneel to nothing. Um, that's how I feel about it, and that's my First Amendment right. I'm with you 100 percent on that. I will just say this: um, you are certainly entitled to kneel. That is a right purchased for you by brave men and women who fought for our military and first responders for years and years and years. Yep. But do not kneel and then complain if there are consequences no, for kneeling. That's true. That's you know, very If you're true. committed to your cause, fantastic. I'm committed to several causes in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm committed to Jesus Christ as my Savior. I'm committed to the pro-life movement. I'm committed, obviously, to my family and all the normal things you'd think I'm committed to. And so if there are consequences for being committed to any of those, I'm more than willing to deal with them. Yeah. When I went on board with Sports Illustrated, I said, look, Chris Spielman and I do a podcast, and we say stuff that's politically incorrect. I don't want to put a flaming bag of crap on your desk, right. and I don't want you, and I don't want to have to deal with the fallout of putting a flaming bag of crap on your desk. So let's just not work together because there's no way you guys will put up with the stuff we talk about on the mm-hmm. podcast. They assured me we would, and to their credit, they did. So that's great, but I know that, being self-employed is probably the only safe avenue I have right now in my life because my views are outside the mainstream. With kneeling for the anthem, while it is going to be embraced by many more people this time around than it would have been when Kaepernick started in 2016, 
there is a segment of the public, a large segment of the public, uh, that is not going to embrace it. I looked this up the other day. The polls when Kaepernick kneeled were somewhere between 70 and 80% against him kneeling. The other day, 53% say it's okay to kneel. So 53%, that's a giant shift, but it still means it's essentially half the people object to protesting by kneeling. If you want to find another avenue, find a different way to do it, you are certainly free to do that. But don't come to me later and say, well, I lost my job in the NFL or I this or I that. Throughout history, the most honorable people who've stood for their beliefs have all suffered consequences. Gandhi did. Martin Luther King did. Nelson Mandela did. Kurt Flood did. I would even, I would admit Colin Kaepernick did. Tim Tebow did. Okay? So there are consequences when you take a stand that is going to be unpopular with a large segment of people. There are also consequences when you take no stand at all. Jerry Jones, Dallas Cowboys owner, is getting ripped by Yahoo Sports for not saying anything since George Flood, George Floyd's death in mm-hmm. Minneapolis. The title on the column, Jerry Jones' silence tells us everything we need to know. How can silence tell you anything? Maybe he's thinking. Maybe he's praying. Maybe he realizes, as I did early Listening. on, there's nothing to say that can be productive at this point in time, so I'm going to say nothing. People are no. too, too hyped up. One of the best ways to deal with angry people is listen, let them talk, don't argue, don't fire back. And then when they think they're done talking, give them more space to talk. Let that epinephrine burn out, baby. Yeah. And so maybe Jerry Jones is doing that. Well, I well the other thing too. I mean, just because if he's silent, obviously I what little exposure I've had some exposure to Jerry Jones, albeit limited, since 1996. And I've been around him. There's, I don't know this to be true, but I don't think there's any uh, intellectually honest person out there that says, yes, I want racial injustice. <laughs> I know. You so know? much of it, as I've said, is a Captain Obvious moment. It's, Are you against it? Yes, I'm against it. Uh, you feel I'm, better now? Against what? Racial injustice. Are you uh, against that? Yeah. Yeah, put me down for no on that. Yeah, I, I, and so I, I think that's where... Um, you know, racial. No, I mean, I, I have, I, I have a passion for. You talk about passions. I have a passion for racial injustice. I mean, might we've gone over this, my history and family members or whatever, and there's nothing more than I want than racial justice. Uh, but I also, I have a First Amendment. I want everybody to enjoy the First Amendment, and I fully anticipate that at these games, if they choose to play the national anthem with the teams out on the field, the players will get a ton more support, as indicated by the pool, where mm-hmm. 53% of the people will vote for them. But then you're also going to have consequences. Anytime you take a public stand and you're a public figure, wherever that stand may be, there will be consequences. When I took a stand on former players mm-hmm. having uh, not being used by Ohio State, there were many consequences many. that that I had to endure. Uh, so, you know, but if you feel like you're fighting for something that is just and right 
then you're willing to accept those consequences as I was, and I'm assuming as the players will be. But see, that's why I think it's a little bit different now, Bruce, and why this could unite, going back to your original point, unite players, because I do think that locker rooms or and owners and coaches are more on the same page as far as this. Now, if I were the NFL, if um, I, I go back to the compromise, and maybe they've talked about this, is just play the national anthem with an if you want to play the national anthem, maybe they stop playing the national anthem before sporting events. Maybe. I don't. I mean, that might be the case. I don't favor that. I think it's a tradition. I think it's a tradition right. worth upholding. I think it's good to. Uh, it, for me, I know a lot of people don't look at it this way. There are a couple thoughts that run through my mind when the anthem is played. Number one, I think of my father first and foremost. I think of I can't get the images of the beginning of Saving Private Ryan out of my mind because that's such a vivid image to me. Oh, it's just young, unbelievable of those yeah. young boys knowing they were probably going to die. The casualty rates were eighty percent when they got off those boats. Um, and I think of uh, the fact that God has blessed our nation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I for me, it's I connect it to my belief in Jesus Christ that I believe God blessed America greatly. He surrounded us on the east and the west with oceans to help us have secure uh, from invasion, mm-hmm. you know, borders. The beauty of America, when you travel America, I mean, it's just amazing how varied our landscape is and how beautiful it is. Mm-hmm. I think he endowed our founders with extreme wisdom. And when you read the things that our founders wrote about their reverence for God, mm-hmm. they were flawed men, but they understood that they could only have come up with the Republic of the United States of America uh, having been blessed by God, endowed by their, it's right there in the Constitution, endowed yeah. by their creator, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So I have a, a river of thoughts running through my mind when I hear the national anthem. Sure. And so I, and, and honestly, will never be okay with people kneeling during that. As I said, if you want to find, if you want people to hear you, if you want the maximum number of people to hear you, I would recommend you find a different avenue to voice your protest. I think players will complain if they're not given the opportunity to protest on Mm -hmm. the field during the anthem this fall. I would liken it to this. We always say, you know, look, we don't agree with your reason, but we agree with your right to voice your sure. views. But then you then you have also have to say that uh, hopefully you would get in return. I don't agree with what you believe in, Chris, but I believe in your right to believe it yeah. and so, to voice it. So here's a an analogy I want to make without endorsing a viewpoint that is, I understand why the Confederate flag is controversial. I understand why a black American would look at that and say, that flag is part of a movement to enslave my people. I'm not a fan of the Confederate flag. I'm I'm offended by the Confederate flag. But if we're going to extend to the national anthem protesters the right to say, my protest is not about the flag, my protest is about social injustice, so I'm going to kneel during the national anthem, Mm -hmm. then you have to, if you're fair, extend to the people on the side of the Confederate flag as a symbol of Southern pride. You have to say, well, you want 
I want you to allow me to say what my protest is really about rather than what you think it's about. So I have to extend to you, even though I think the Confederate flag is horrendous, I have to extend to you the same right to say, no, it's not about slavery. Of course I'm against slavery, but I it 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 stands for Southern pride. I don't agree with that. I don't like the I don't like the Confederate well, flag either. Individ- but it's the same principle. I, well, it goes to the same rules apply. Then, if you're going to choose to wave a Confederate flag, then there are consequences. There with are raising. consequences for that. I uh, better believe it. Yes, you know, sir. And the Confederate flag is is not representative of uh, our country. That flag was defeated, and what that flag stood for was defeated. And nobody, nobody that I know. Maybe there's some people that you know. There's nobody that I know that would honestly be seen having a Confederate flag on their premises or no. property. I mean, there's nobody. So I, I, you know, I get it. But that, you know, I think the thing that I look at is that, you know, the American flag is is a symbol of our country. And, you know, I do think, I really do think it's not, and it hasn't been about the flag. I think Colin Kaepernick took an opportunity to get the most attention. See, I disagree with you strongly on okay. that. I think, well, the Confeder- I think the Confederate flag thing where they say, oh, it's about Southern pride, I think that's 100% BS. Oh, it's a, it's total BS. And I think, the, I think the Kaepernick saying that his protest was nothing about America, it was about socialism. I didn't socialism. say that. It was, I, I think that's 100% I didn't BS. say it was about... Because otherwise, no, I, why I, is he but, wearing but the But I didn't socks? say that. Yeah, I think you just did. I was no, listening No, I you. didn't say that it's not about America. Okay. What I said, not about a, the flag, uh, the Castro socks, and, and maybe he's a devout communist. Castro shirt. It's pig socks. Yeah, pig socks and the Castro shirt in just Miami. Just to keep it clear. Which uh, I, I, was, I actually did that game, and I know that there were Cuban-Americans protesting. Oh. That because they're not big fans no, of the oppressive they are not. Fidel Castro and a communist regime uh, that has, has stymied so many people and, and hurt so many people in Cuba. By the way, there's a great column you can find online from a former colleague of mine, Armando Salguero. He covers the Dolphins for the Miami Herald, has for years. Armando is first-generation Cuban expatriate. Yeah. And... He had a back and forth with Kaepernick on a conference call, and Armando wrote about it. So I'd highly recommend it. Yeah, but regardless, though, that I mean, I think that's you talked about the wisdom of the founding fathers. I, that's the beauty was the free exchange of ideas and principles, and you know, without that, we are nothing. You know, we are nothing as a country. And so, I mean, if we come down and said, "Whether you stand or kneel for the flag." Um, it's, it's your choice to stand or kneel for the flag because of the bravery and courage uh, that was given to us by so many to give you the right. The other thing that I would strongly encourage everybody to do is to educate yourself and vote. Mm-hmm. If you want real change in the United States of America, then you need to vote. But don't be an uneducated voter. Educate yourself and vote. That, you know, that's, I think, uh, I had the conversation with a coach friend of mine, African-American coach friend of mine, and we were talking about various issues, and and we both agreed that young people need to educate themselves on how to vote and what to vote for and what you believe in and what your causes are. That That's my opinion. Yep. I agree. That's American. 
voting is an American civic duty. Do you not agree it's your duty to vote? Civic duty to vote? I think it's your civic duty to be informed and vote. Yes. That's why we said, and I said, educate yourself yeah. to vote. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I do <laughs> scratch my head at times where I hear people in certain cities complaining about the conditions of the cities, the conditions of the schools, the conditions of the inner city, and the cities have been controlled by the same political party in the mayor's office, city council, and everything else for decades. Yeah. You want to change it? People vote. continue to vote for the same party. And then that, that uh, mystifies me. How you think that's going to change? It, take it upon yourself if uh, to educate young voters. If you're uh, let them know, hear the issues, hear the two sides. Here, here's both arguments presented, and it's your right as an individual to choose which side you fall on. Then take action on that by voting on if you are aligned with a certain candidate. I don't care if you vote Democratic or Republican. I could care less. I I really, really um, encourage everybody uh, to vote because if you do not vote, and I've told this to my family, my kids, uh, my stepchildren, if you do not vote, you do not have a right to complain. If you vote, you have a right to complain. You really do, because that your your voice. Uh, by the way, I think we will see a national day off this fall for college athletes to be encouraged to vote on election day. I'm that movement all about is it. out there. They're already talking about that. I'm all about it. I uh, want to share. Are you for that? By the way, if you're informed. Okay. All right. I That's don't want. Stupid. I don't want stupid people to vote. I don't. Okay. I don't. Fine. I think you know, I I would be in favor of a. I'm in favor of. Um, then you should start identifying identifying yourself, uh, proving that you're a citizen, and proving that you're legal to vote. Sure, there's, ro- I have there's no, rules. That's not laws. voter suppression. It's, you've got to show an ID to get a driver's license. Uh-huh. You ought to have to show one to vote. And B, I'd be in favor of a rudimentary <laughs> civics test to vote. Yeah, well, that's. Not I mean, you happen. ought to know how many branches of government we have. That would be three. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just certain things. You ought to know the difference between the Senate and the House. If you're going to vote, you ought to know the difference. So I know that's controversial, and I don't care. Um, Judicial, executive. Big media news. Big, big, big media news. Legislative. First, bigger news. Look at the new shirt I'm sporting. AUI. AUI. You have your AUI shirt over there. Thanks to Chrissy and Steve and everybody at AUIinfo.com. We hope our new friend Tony from Exotica Flores in uh, Hilliard is getting the help that he needs from AUI small business owners. AUI understands your challenges because they are a small business themselves with 17 employees. Same as Exotica Flores in Hilliard. And Tony, who I met in the uh, checkout line at Lowe's, is going to reach out to AUI, get his compliance issues handled because there's a million compliance issues. John Harbaugh is complaining about him. Too bad he lives in um, Baltimore. Baltimore, not in, uh, if he lives in Maryland, if he lived in Ohio, he could call AUI and get yeah. the answers. They could probably help him. But I don't know <laughs> if they would. Steve's a Browns fan, so I doubt that he would help John Harbaugh. But it's the good Harbaugh. Uh, the sane Harbaugh. <laughs> the sane Harbaugh, yes. On Twitter, yes. But AUI, they're sane, and they're very comprehensive in helping you with health insurance uh, acquisition. Won't cost you any more for health insurance. The health insurer will pay. Line all those things up that you don't have time to find out for yourself as a small business owner by consulting with auiinfo.com, auiinfo.com. You know what? That's something I was thinking about. Yeah, AUI I, sounds like people that are problem solvers. But I was thinking about you. 
again because <laughs> apparently I feel responsible for you. Oh, well, you're on your knees in prayer for me a lot. <laughs> I am. Lord knows I need it. I am. Uh, but I was thinking about you, and you do have uh, so many passions and beliefs. And I think, you know, at times you're unfairly targeted on Twitter. At times, other times, you know, but that when you have passions and beliefs and you state them publicly, you understand your First Amendment that you will be, uh, especially in today's environment and social media, you'll be attacked for it or you'll be praised for it, one or the other, right? So if you're passionate about voting and people being educated voters, then you should do something about that. You're a smart guy with a platform. Well, I... uh do you do anything about that? I retweet that? lots of stuff that I think people need to know. Okay. If I retweet something, it's because either I find it interesting or mm-hmm. I'm submitting it for your So uh, your evaluation. retweet would be an endorsement. It's thing. not an endorsement. No. no. I retweet stuff that I think is thought-provoking. I but, don't always agree with all but of it. Th- this, is, this is a thing that I, I think where you could really take... Uh, you're writing to a new level. I don't know what kind of... Well, you have all the freedom in the world. And I have all the freedom in the world at uh, at Press Pros. Okay. All the freedom in the world. So you talk... A, write an issue, or you should write an article. Uh, man, I'm just... Uh, give, give, give. That's all I do. He's trying to put me in the swamp here. He's trying to put me in the quicksand. No, I'm not. I'm okay. trying to give you your voice of freedom. Write an article on your passion, because I agree with you that if there's a national day for college athletes to take off to vote, then write your write an article on educating those voters. Are you pro-life or are you pro-choice? Yeah. Here's what are, you're voting for. Yeah, here's what you're voting for. And, and 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 but but don't skew it. I mean, just make it to what it is. Just do it by a factual basis and say, this is my civic duty where I'm helping to educate young voters. I mean, what a great article. That would be. That would be on BruceHooley.com. I don't want to. There's, you know, the whole stick I to sports things said, out there. Well, I have all that freedom. I just, I don't know if people who want to read about the Buckeyes and the University of Dayton and high school sports and the OCC okay. and all that want to mix be, that up. You know those, I, I did that on the football not uniting us thing. I got pretty, I, 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 I'll, I'll admit something to you. Wow. I was right again or? I was praying the other morning mm-hmm. and I became emotional to the point of tears thinking about our country okay thinking about the unrest and the pain look I I I really feel terrible when I see a black American talk about the persecution that they have experienced or that they perceive they've experienced because so much of Reality is shaped of your reality is shaped by your thoughts. Now I think that's the discipline that it takes to really objectively evaluate. You know, we go through this. We've gone through this with our teenage daughters. Oh, this is terrible. The whole world is blah. no. It's not. Change your thoughts. Change your feelings. Change your mm-hmm. actions. You know, they get emotional over all kinds of things. But I wept thinking about our country and how blessed we are by God, as I talked about earlier, with yeah. this beautiful land that is so fertile and so scenic and. So picturesque and what I know, look, I know our founders had a blind spot on slavery. That was the prevailing world 
view then. It was wrong, of course. And I know you say, well, how could they be Christians and do that? But I look at America, and one of the thoughts that floods through my mind when I see the flag is the ideal of America. Right. No country is perfect. And I don't say that to excuse the imperfection. I say that because it's an acknowledgement of man is a flawed being. And the ideal of America is that we're always striving to get better and to fix the things we do that are wrong. I think we have made strides and we have strides left to make. And I know it's hard when you're on a side where things happen and you think, man, nothing's changing. But the reality is a lot of things are changing. A lot of good, I hope, will come from this latest horrendous situation. And unfortunately, a lot of bad has already come from it. We've had 600-plus police officers attacked. We've had two that I know of murdered. We've got a Las Vegas police officer who was doing his job. Somebody walks up to him, shoots him in the head. He's paralyzed from the neck down. He's going to live, but what kind of quality of life is he going to have? And, yes, George Floyd and Rayshad Brooks are are instances of things going wrong for black Americans. So I wept, and I, I'm just so troubled by it. And I, I know this will be trite, but it's a faith podcast, folks. We can make all the policies we want to until – the love of Jesus and the saving grace of Jesus Christ dominates. That's why well, I have such admiration for Ben Watson. Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. Because if we're trying to do it in man's strength, 1 Corinthians 1, the yeah. wisdom of man is foolishness to God. The wisdom of man yeah. is foolishness to God. I, I, I just think, uh, obviously, with God in prayer and, and having, okay, God, you take this uh is good can work and it gives it the best chance to work and if it's god's will it will work right and we know that all good things come from god so yeah, but i do think when you have voices like um ben benjamin watson calling for leadership just me a small little dude in a basement on a podcast saying leadership has to start at the top though and we got to stop tearing each other down uh, at the federal level of the government, both sides. You can blame Trump or you can blame Schumer and Pelosi or McConnell, whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter who you're blaming. You just got to uh, fix it. Uh, I do think that police reform is a necessity in a good way where it can make us all safer and it can and their justice can be had equal for all, the best we can. There's all obviously going to be mistakes uh, we're an imperfect world and per- imperfect uh, creation, and we live in an imperfect creation. But I do think we can continually, constantly strive to improve. But it, it it has to start with with talking and leadership coming together and saying, "Okay, well, how can we make this better?" Mm-hmm. And I think there are really genuine people out there doing that. And right now, you have to look at it. Uh, from an intellectual point of view as opposed to purely emotional. When you make emotional decisions, nine times out of ten, it's a bad decision. Mm-hmm. It's a bad decision. Yeah. You have to make an educated decision and say, okay, what is the best way forward? So how can we keep the police safe and how can we avoid any uh, injustice to African Americans when we're policing the streets of our country? What can we do better? How can we do it better? 
and whether that's reform within the collective bargaining agreements between the unions and the city, uh, whether I look, I'm a big proponent and uh, I've done a little bit of research on this. I'm kind of, it was kind of my talking about education, educating yourself. What non-lethal methods are there that police officers can employ instead of, you know, lethal force? Yeah. I, 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 there's got to be an answer there, right? I mean, that's a common sense thing to me. Maybe what am I missing? I don't that? know. I, I know some people say, Joe Biden said, well, shoot him in the leg. Well, this isn't gun smoke. Like, it's when people are running, not everybody's good enough with a handgun yeah. to shoot in a leg. It's probably, you know, you shoot any time, anybody who's taken a concealed carry course knows you shoot for the biggest part of the body, and the mm-hmm. biggest body, part of the body is the chest cavity. So that's, you know, some so quote unquote solutions that people propose. Well, oh, shoot them in the leg. They're not practical. No, in that, the dark when a guy's running, and it's just it's just not. Practical. I, I'm just looking for something uh, other than shooting. Yeah. Or, I mean, maybe sh- like I don't know what. I mean, I'm sure rubber bullets can cause very harmful damage. I I don't know, but I just think there's smart enough people out there to figure. Okay. What other way can we control a situation uh, in a non-lethal way? You know, I uh, a guy that I follow, and I agree with him on a lot of things. Some things he's a little extreme for me is Dan Bongino. I don't know if you know who I Dan do. Bongino, yeah. former police officer. I would agree with that assessment, and I agree with him on a lot of things. Sometimes he's too extreme. Yeah, and with Dan, he, he's former police officer and Secret Service agent. He was talking about when with George Floyd. He said, once, once the handcuffs are on, it's over. Fight's over. Done. You win. Police wins. And, uh, you know, I, I, but you're right. I mean, there, it, it takes an amazing amount of courage and an amazing amount of self-restraint, especially nowadays, to be a police officer. And uh, I am grateful for police officers. Uh, As I am. I, I really am because without them, we have anarchy and chaos. So I know that uh, their spirit may be down a little bit and, Morale may be down, but th- there's so many people out there that support what police officers do. Well, their spirit is down. I, I received an email from a law enforcement officer, and he's like, man, you know, it's – he deplores what happens with George Floyd. Yeah. And he's like, it's tough being I, a cop right yeah, now. I it's think, really yeah, tough. You know, it, you're giving yourself to service, and it feels like – and, again, feelings are dangerous – no one appreciates it. Yeah. Well, we want you to know we do appreciate it, and we do know, and I believe strongly, 99-point-something yeah, percent of cops I, I, are great cops. Absolutely. And I, I've met a few, uh, taking uh, gun training from a few. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm um, indebted to them. Uh, I believe that I was in, you know, I believe that most of them are great guys that are doing service and I like anything I think being a police officer there's a passion for it there's a calling mm-hmm. I believe I mean many people that I've talked to that uh, become police officers that's all they wanted to do and there's a passion for it so I support them as much as I can and the good thing about the good police officers which we say the majority big majority are uh, they hate what happened as Absolutely. much as everybody else. Absolutely. And I think that's where people need to understand and not make the mistake of throwing everybody into the proverbial pot and 
everybody's the same. You know, most of those guys are great guys and gals and women that are, are courageous and they serve. Uh, we will spend more time Wednesday on uh, Jason Whitlock's new media home. It is without kick the coverage and Clay Travis. Be a power a big, power uh, couple. Be a there. power couple right there. That's a that's going to be it's almost like Julian Spielman. <laughs> almost. It's not. As uh, I would like to share a verse before uh, before we adjourn today from uh, First Peter. It's from our Sunday school lesson yesterday. Um, you ask yourself, as I'm sure I have asked myself, if you're a believer, how do I conduct myself in this time? Uh, Peter, who I identify strongly with Peter because he was impetuous <laughs> and boisterous and he made a ton of mistakes and he um, nevertheless was passionate and I um, was used mightily by God despite his many flaws. And, and that's trusted my, that's my by goal. God, yes. Yeah, that's my goal for myself, um, which, by the way, the episode of The Chosen last night was fantastic. Make sure you're watching The Chosen, which is great. Uh, you'll get to know Peter a lot better and Matthew a lot better. And Jesus in a different light than you may have thought of him before. It's really a phenomenal show. The Chosen, available on YouTube. Uh, Peter, in uh, the first chapter of his first letter, writes, um, Live such good lives among the pagans that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Uh, He also says, uh, Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God honor the king. Uh, This you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. And for me, you talked about the criticism that I take, a verse that my wife shared with me a long time ago when uh, something happened that kind of put me in the crosshairs. She said, use the example of Jesus. And 1 Peter writes in 1 Peter 1.23, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. You can have that peace when you stand for truth. And you're not spared consequences, but stand for truth. So it's interesting how important Sherry's been in your life. Oh, my goodness. And what an encourager she's been. Because as tough as you are, and you're a tough guy, you really are. You are, you take to heart what people think you really do people i respect yeah, yeah I do. you you do i mean it's you take it more seriously or it has more effect on you than the average guy because you care and that's a blessing and a curse that you live with and every time that you've gone through something over the last 20 years or whatever it's been it's you always when we have had a conversation about it you've always said well sherry shared this with me or sherry <laughs> Did every single time? Yeah, she's the wisest person I know, and um, and faithful, probably one of the most faithful people that Very you've much. been around. So, I think that wow, you know how you two came together <laughs> is a unique, awesome story. Uh, it's not an accident, and it's funny how for you that God gave you exactly what you needed in a uh, life wife, life partner, whatever you want to call it, exactly what you needed at that time. And the balance, this is just an off-the-cuff observation, and I'm sure you provide her great balance in your own way, but the balance that she has provided you has really been uh, a joy to watch from from my 
outside looking in from my stadium seat, my box mm-hmm. seat, watching your marriage and just the little comments that I hear that you make. And, uh, you know, I just think uh, what a cool partnership they have because I'm sure that there's so many things that you do for her that she's grateful for. And I, I don't say that in uh, look at Bruce, what a great husband he is. I know you're a great husband. I know you're a great dad, but I just know that she has the personality and that you exactly need. Yep. And with that, I will share one of my favorites for you, Bruce, and for all our men out there that are in very serious relationships or about to be married or going to get married or thinking about marriage or those of us that are married husbands love your wives even as christ also loved the church he gave himself up for it and i am encouraging men um ask yourself a very serious question are you willing to give yourself up for your wife mm. And if you're called to do so, what's going to be your response? Are you going to flee or are you going to biblically do what Ephesians 5.25 says? I hope that none of you ever get tested. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) if you do, even though there might be some trepidation or fear, don't be afraid. That's what you're called to do. Give yourself up. Amen to that. We appreciate you joining us. We'll be back on Wednesday with another edition of the uh, We Tackle Life podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, any podcast platform. Send us an email and particularly a COVID-19 nomination, Podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at We Tackle. Have a great day.